Reformation Fellowship provides support and fellowship to all who would stand for the Reformation of Christ Church worldwide. We long to see the church revitalized by the gospel and seek to encourage all who share that vision. We gather together for gospel-hearted fellowship around gospel-minded theology. We are a ministry of unity. Greetings, friends. My name is Justin Schell, and I want to welcome you back to the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. We are just a few episodes into our first season, and whether this is your first time with us or you've listened for every episode so far, we're glad that you're on this journey with us. And we pray that in every episode, you are encouraged more and more to delight in God, to grow in Christ, serve the church, and bless the world. I want to make you aware of our website, reffellowship.org, R-E-F-fellowship.org. That's where you can find out more about what we are all about here at the Reformation Fellowship, and we can keep you updated on news about events, resources, the gatherings, etc. Today's guest is Dustin Binge. Dustin serves as the provost for Union School of Theology in Bridge End Wells. He's the author and editor of many books, including The American Puritans, published just last year. In today's episode, uh, we'll be the first of three with Dustin, and we'll cover a variety of topics over these three episodes. Today's topic will be calling and training for ministry. Next episode, we will explore the Puritans and what we can learn from them for today. And our, le- our last episode with Dustin will cover the topic of biblical spirituality, so you won't want to miss those. Dustin, welcome to the Reformation Fellowship podcast. Thank you, Justin. It's so lovely to join you from Wales. Awesome. Well, Dustin, for those of our listeners who may not know you, uh, could you tell us just a little more about yourself, your life, your family? Yeah, well, that could probably be a whole podcast in and of itself. Um, I am originally from Kentucky. As you can tell from my accent, I'm not from Wales (laughs) originally. uh, Both my wife and I moved to Wales after being called to serve at Union last July. So our experience here in the UK has been interesting, to say the least, during a worldwide pandemic. I told someone the other day that it um, has been a dream of both my wife and I to live here and to at least visit here. And now that we are here, it's quite impossible to go anywhere and to see anything. But we are certainly looking forward to a bit of freedom coming in the next few months uh, to explore this beautiful area. We've had the privilege of meeting so many people already, uh, both on campus as well as a couple churches that I've had the privilege of preaching in. Mm -hmm. And so God's just really blessed us since we've been here. We are both, both my wife and I are originally from Kentucky, where all of our family currently resides. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we we do hope that um, with you, that uh, measures are able to be lifted there. Uh, you're able to move around and and explore and meet more people and and just uh, do the work that the Lord's called you there to do more and more. Um, today, you know, we are talking about ministry, um, calling to ministry, preparing for ministry. As we begin to think about that topic, what are some things that, let's say I'm beginning to, to consider ministry as a vocation, 
what are some things that I should be thinking about as I, as I seek to discern next steps? Well, Justin, that, that's a very good question because it's a question that we all need to ask, or at least those in ministry need to ask. And really any young man or even uh, an older individual uh, considering a call into pastoral ministry or preaching ministry should really consider several things, uh, several things kind of pop into my mind that that are really necessary for us to think through. Just a few questions that I always help people kind of work through when they ask such a question. Um, the first question would be, do you aspire to do such a work or do you desire to do such a work? Mm. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, the Apostle, Paul, the Apostle Paul points out that the calling into ministry is an internal call. So a pulling on the heart, if you will. Paul writes that a man must aspire to be an overseer. It's not something that we pick and choose because there's a lot of money to be made or fame to be had, but it's something that's quite internal. Mm -hmm. And if the man does not aspire to this pastoral work that is as lofty and good that he desires, then he shouldn't move forward in that particular call. I've met young men before, Justin, that that simply don't inwardly desire this work. They've they've perhaps been to a conference, they've been called to radical obedience, they've been urged by parents or even a mentor, but that inward longing for such work doesn't exist. Mm. So prospective pastors should want to be pastors. Prospective preachers should desire with all of their heart, like Jeremiah, it's a fire shut up in their bones to actually proclaim God's word. They are driven with a passion that only comes from and is implanted upon their heart by the Lord. So that's the first question I ask. Do you aspire to this work? A second question that sometimes I ask is, are you ready? Are you ready? Just very simple, very basic. Mm -hmm. Many of us can remember when our zeal kind of had to catch up to our training. (laughs) Our Mm -hmm. our zeal um, spurned us to do many things. We were on fire for the Lord. We had such zeal for mission work and evangelism and preaching and all of the rest. But sometimes that zeal has to catch up with training, maturity in life, doctrine, Mm. that is a calling often comes on the heels of years of discipleship and mentorship, advance in doctrine and personal holiness. In other words, an individual who's a new convert should not be an elder, Paul says, for example. Right. So are you ready? And then perhaps a final question, by no means are these an exhaustive list, but it would simply be, what do others say about you? Do do your elders, do your pastors, fellow church members, do they recognize spiritual gifts within you? Do they recognize 
teaching abilities? Do they see a personal piety and a holiness that would lend itself to the qualifications that are listed in scripture for such work? So vital to a call is a recognition from the local church that God is moving on your life and affirming a call to upon you to pastor and preach. And so these are just a few things that we need to think through regarding a call to ministry. Number one, do you aspire to desire or desire such work? Number two, are you ready? And then number three, what are others saying about you? Mm, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Aspire, uh, readiness and community, really. Uh, the the church around you being a part of that. That's awesome. When when you think of, say, that second one, then, uh, are you ready? The, there are lots of great schools, training centers, place where you can um, be equipped in, in some skills, but also in doctrine and um, in, uh, just prepared for your calling. Um, and, and not that you necessarily have to, not that everyone in, say, church history has, has had formal training, but, but for many men, that, that's, that's the direction they, they'll go, and I think it's a really good direction. How would you go about that process of finding the right training option? That's a big question. Um, pastoral training and equipping or you being equipped as a preacher of God's word is very important. Not only is a call to ministry a tremendous privilege, but Justin, it's an enormous responsibility. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I don't quite think that we recognize the, the level of responsibility that it is. There's a story of Scottish reformer John Knox when he learned that he was going to be ordained, that the story goes that he went into a room by himself and he wept mm -hmm. because he was so aware of the weighty responsibility with which he had been entrusted. And so, yes, there are a lot of great options when it comes to training, especially now. Perhaps we could not have said that just say 10, 15 years ago, but there are a lot of great options around the world for gospel training. But the task is so weighty that it requires us to really consider and to pray that God would place us in a institution or in a training context that would best equip us for this God-given task. Where is the school uh, that is saturated in sound doctrine? Where is the school that holds high the standard of inerrant, sufficient scripture? Where is the school that is consumed with the gospel of Christ? Where is the school that loves and desires to serve the church and will equip you to properly shepherd God's people? Mm. And so those are just a few of the things that we need to consider when really thinking about a training option. And if there are many places, many institutions that fit those categories, 
then I just think we need to pray. And where do we feel that we could serve? Where do we feel that we could plug in? Where do we feel that we would be at home at? Is, is there somewhere that's close to our personal home or the church that we belong to? Um, all of these things go into thinking through what type of training options are best for us. Hmm. Yeah, Dustin, how, what about say um, the bivocational pastor uh, who's, who's leading his church, um, who's working um, in, in the marketplace, uh, juggling a lot. What would you say for, for that pastor um, seeking training or, or perhaps further training? Well, let me, let me just say that throughout the centuries, as you well know, Justin, uh, the centuries of church history, that there have been countless faithful pastors that have had no formal training. Um, we, we could name several, Charles Spurgeon, for instance, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, some of the greatest preachers of the uh, 20th century, never had any type of formal training training. There, there's no special place in glory for those who have degrees and those who do not have degrees. But let me say this, if you desire to have more training as a bivocational pastor, there are numerous options. Um, for example, the, the school that I serve at, Union School of Theology, which all of our listeners, because of Reformation Fellowship, will be acquainted with, we have flexible BA degrees uh, that allow you to stay in ministry while also receiving a theological education. In other words, it's no longer necessary that you would resign your uh, ministry and quit a, a, a secular job in order to move to a different country or a campus and do theological education. Because of technology, thank the Lord, because of technology, we can offer a theological education to bivocational pastors. There are many schools that offer these type of flexible degrees. Let me say we live in a very fast-paced and increasingly complicated world with lots of demanding cultural questions. Therefore, self-study will just not simply do for a lot of people who want to be thoroughly equipped to engage the culture with the gospel. I've often said to some, some young guys that have asked me about training and bivocational pastoring and where they are in that context, and they say, well, do you, do you think I should go to seminary? And my, my answer is, well, unless you preach like Spurgeon or unless you can exposit the scriptures like Martin Lloyd-Jones, then you really need to consider going to seminary. <laughs> not that seminary is the be-all, end-all, because it's not. There's nothing better than on-the-job training, as it were, on the front lines. And some of my favorite pastors throughout the years have been bivocational pastors because their context necessitates that bivocation. But I would encourage you, if you have a little extra time on your schedule, just start one class in a flexible model, and I assure you that you will not regret it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's, um, let's transition just a little bit to 
the pastor who may be listening, uh, who has some, uh, some training, perhaps at the, the, the BA level, or, or maybe they have a master's, or I, I've even in the last few weeks have had um, pastors with MAs or MDivs who have asked me, should I do more? Should I do more training? Uh, should I consider the, the Masters of Theology? Or should I consider a, a doctorate of some kind? And, and, and why? And, and I wonder, what would you say to that person who they've got, they've got a foundation of good training, but something's going on and they feel like they may need more? I would say keep going. In most contexts, if you have a bachelor's degree, you could proceed to a Master of Divinity degree. If you have a Master of Divinity degree, you could proceed to a THM or an MTH here in our context at Union or even explore doctoral work. Just make sure you have the right motives in desiring further education. That's really the most important question. In other words, don't be a professional student. Mm. We live in a time when we need believers on the front lines of ministry. Mm. Just a few weeks ago, for example, I preached in a church in Wales that has been without a pastor for 23 years. Mm. Now, that will shock most of us. It shocked me. But this is the condition of so many churches around the British Isles in small valleys, small little churches in different areas. They're without pastors. They want a pastor, but there's not not enough men in the area to go around. It's so easy, Justin, to camp out in seminary. Mm. It's so easy to forget that the real ministry is in the church, not in training. That training is the means through which we arrive at what God has called us to do. You may go to seminary to train, but that's not your permanent calling. How lovely we like, how, how much we like that kind of echo chamber, if you will, all the, the guys around us, my buddies, they, they all agree with me. We have our conversations at the coffee shop. It's just so easy. We don't have a lot of responsibilities. We study, you know, I, I just live in this ethereal Geneva, if you will, of conferences and all the rest of it. But my advice is to enter seminary, train as much as you feel is necessary, and leave as soon as possible and begin serving the local church. That's what we're called to do. Mm. Well, speaking of the local church, you mentioned earlier um, one of the three questions for someone considering um, pursuing the ministry. One of the three questions involved the church, the what, what do those in the church with you say about you? Um, would they affirm, would they confirm your call? Help us understand that a little bit more. What's the role of the local church when it comes to discerning and training for a ministry call? Well, essentially, the first and primary seminary is the local church. Um, there's nothing that replaces that hands-on training ground of 
the local church that Christ died for, that he gave his life for, and that he has called us to. As I've already said, and you mentioned, um, your elders, pastors, fellow church members even, are key players in helping you determine and affirm your calling to ministry. Setting under those elders teaching is key. Setting under a faithful pastor, expositing the word week in, week out, that's how really I knew that I was being called to ministry, was just this intense desire sitting in the pew, seeing what my pastor was doing every single Lord's Day, and saying within myself, hey, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to get up and open God's word and explain God's word to God's people. Mm. So setting under those pastors are key. Growing in your knowledge of scripture and doctrine and discernment, also receiving their recommendations for further training will be essential in helping you discern also where to perhaps attend seminary. Some of the the places that you can plug into the church also unveils a calling. There's no better place to serve than perhaps even in the children's ministry. Um, the, these young guys, and, and I was once young, I partly still think of myself as young, you know, um, we think we've got the world by the tail sometimes. We think we've got it all figured out. We know all there is to know about doctrine and systematics and church history and all the rest of it. But I, I never feel so quite humbled as when I go into a children's ministry context and strive to teach them God's word. And so it's in that ministry context of children that I've often discovered, hey, I need to be more simplistic in my preaching. I need to be more aware of application in my preaching. When I've went into nursing home contexts, I need to be more aware of my shepherding, compassionate love that I'm demonstrating to others around me. And so not only are we learning to exposit God's word and explain God's word, but Justin, we're learning to be shepherds. Mm. Isn't that what this is about? It's about learning to be simple and apply the word to people's hearts and and learning to love people and put our arms around people and comfort people at death and sitting beside the bedside of a dying saint and comforting that family and loving them through that or, or whatever the situation would be. And so the role of the local church is paramount in helping you discern your call pointing you to training in call, but also practically training you as well. Some things you just will never learn in a seminary context. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's a good reminder. Well, Dustin, we, we love resources around here <laughs> um, <laughs> at the Reformation Fellowship podcast. Um, when you think of this area of calling and training uh, for ministry, uh, maybe discerning a call to ministry. Are there any further resources or uh, whether it be books or anything else that you might point someone to as they, uh, whether for themselves trying to walk this path or maybe as a church trying to um, think through ways they can better steward the 
um, those who are within their body who are sensing a call to ministry? What would you say uh, good resources there might be? This is an interesting question because in asking such a question about resources in this area, um, sometimes I draw a blank, just to be honest. Mm. Uh, First, I would encourage anyone interested in calling and training for ministry to first talk to your pastor or your elders, as I've already mentioned. But in addition, if you have any questions, any of our faculty or staff here at Union School of Theology can help answer some of those questions um, and field some of those questions. Reformation Fellowship uh, will have resources that are available to you. But in regard to a specific book or resource about a calling into ministry, I can only think of one or two. Mm. There are some things that have been produced in larger works, perhaps a chapter in various preaching books or pastoral ministry books that will talk about a call to ministry. But I would recommend a little book written um, a few years ago now, I think, um, by Jason Allen, president at Midwestern Seminary in the United States, a, a small little book, very accessible, called Discerning Your Call to Ministry. Mm. He does an excellent job of answering many of those questions asked by those contemplating a call into ministry. Uh, he, he just goes through the biblical evidence of how to discern a call to ministry, and it's just really a nice little accessible volume uh, to young men as well as women who may be interested in seeking more training and uh, potential missionaries, potential uh, Bible translators, whatever the case would be. It, it would be for everyone uh, discerning such a call into ministry. But I will say there needs to be more resources on this subject. Because as a very young man called into ministry, um, none of this, a lot of this did not exist. And I just simply did not know how to discern what I was feeling, what I was experiencing, the desires that I had. And so I would encourage anyone listening uh, to this podcast uh, to perhaps even think about writing something. Uh, Of course, there's short articles and various things. But we need a robust theology about discerning a call to ministry because it's the launching pad, isn't it? It's the launching pad to a whole lifetime of serving the local church and serving Christ. Right, right. Yeah, thank you for that, Dustin. And thank you for your time today for helping us think about such a foundational topic, calling and training in ministry. Uh, I'm excited that we will have you back for two more conversations that are sure to be as rich. To our listeners, our time is up. So thank you for joining us and the Reformation Fellowship. We would love to stay in touch with you. The best way to do that would be to head over to reffellowship.org. That is R-E-F-fellowship.org. Sign up for our newsletter. We'll be able to keep you updated on upcoming events, upcoming resources, upcoming gatherings, etc. Thank you again for joining us here on the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. God bless.